welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Houtink, back with Christian Conway. Just the two of us. We can make it. <laughs> we can. Uh, wait, I don't know. We're going to get sued if we have to. Right, I was like, wait, we, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, we have no money, so don't sue us. Um, so, yeah, as we were saying, it is hot to record in the summer. Uh, I had to turn off my noisy AC, but um, we are happy to be back and coming at you. Right before El Trafico, and nothing feels better than a 4-0 win. Yeah, and, and to your point about air conditioning, mine's broken, so uh, or I'm not much better of a slot. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, what, what a performance! Uh, kind of an unexpected performance, and and unexpected in a lot of respects, but expected in some respects. I mean, Montreal, you know, dominate the possession battle. That's what they like to do. They're comfortable on the ball, but the Galaxy just ate them alive in transition. Every opportunity that they got, they didn't, you know they weren't afraid to just go after it, which I think was, was, was really special. And then you talk about the combination of, of Dan Jovalich and Chicharito up top. I mean, I, I think, you know, I love Greg Vanny. I really do. I think he's a fantastic manager, but he's got to realize the four, two, three, one is maybe not the answer here. Um, but, but outside of that, I mean, you know, we'll get into these kind of conversations in a bit, but kind of in a global sense, this was a, a fantastic performance and a performance that I think they needed. I think they needed something, just to give them a little gas going into uh, going into El Trafico. I really enjoyed going back and re-watching all four goals. Um, I mean, it's been a while since we've been able to do that and do that at home. Um, I agree um, what you said about Vanny. I mean, I was reading Twitter comments, which Twitter is kind of a harsh place, you know, but especially lately, and we'll get into that, but um, to see essentially the galaxy did feel like they were playing a five, five, zero at one point. Yeah. Um, know, well, yeah. To, to, to that point, I mean, you know, you look at the, the passing network map, which is usually the, the great describer of how a team looks and it, it is, I mean, it's, it's basically Bruce arena's four, four, two from like 2014 all over again. I mean, they, they, you know, you have a double pivot midfield with, with revolution and, and, and Delgado and then, you know, Daniel checking in you know, into the midfield with, with Chicharito playing off of him. And then, you know, using Efrain Alvarez as a floating 10 in just wherever he can find the game. I think that was, I, I, I want to see more of that. And, and we'll kind of, when we, when we talk about our LAFC preview one later in this episode, I think I'm, I'm going to make a couple of references to this, uh, but you know, it just, it, they, you know, I, I think Vanny is one of those weird managers that's obsessed with possession. And in this game, I mean, you know, they only had 38.3% of possession, but I don't know about you, but at any point, the game state never looked out of control for me. And I think that's an important factor in this game. The Galaxy were a little bit happier to just sit back a little bit deeper and use the moments of transition to success. And I think that's a huge thing for this Galaxy team moving forward. Yeah, I was amazed at how well this team cleaned it up. It's like they heard us. Um, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to, you know, social media, but it sounds like we did get a peek into the locker room as far as what, um, Vanny seems to be telling them. Um, of course, you know, they might've just done that for the social means, but, you know, I am having and, and wanting to keep the faith, um, in Vanny. And I think, you know, we've always maintained, how faithful we are, how ruggedly optimistic we are on this podcast. And, you know, that's what we, you know, Christian, we missed you at, at the tailgate, but that's basically what had been coming up was, um, you know, it's easy to get sucked into the doom and gloom and the rabbit hole that is 
Twitter. And I completely understand where fans are coming from, but it it is really a good point to just give this team a chance, you know? Um, yeah. Cabral and Costa weren't there. So was that part of the success, um, you know, on Monday night? Well, I mean, we still have to see. I, I go back to that, that, what was it? The, the fourth goal, the, the one touch pass from Sasha Kledge, the back heel one touch pass to bring in Ryan Revolution. And, and that's a brilliant move in and of itself. And, and, and I think it says a lot about how good Sasha Kledge is that he has that kind of vision. And I've always believed that Sasha is one of those players that, sees the game about four passes before everyone else does. The problem is that he's just, you know, at his age, he can't act upon it because he just doesn't have the physicality anymore. Uh, what I would say is I think, but I, I point to the pass movement before that, uh, that one touch pass. Cause, cause everyone's talking about like the back heel as, as the pass of that play, but I think it's the pass that I think Mark Delgado or maybe it's a Gide hits to turn um, Araujo to then spring this movement. And it just pulls Montreal apart because they, you know, it's moving so fast that when a team passes like that, there's nothing you can do when you're moving at that speed. If you're a defense, you know, because defenses, we talk a lot about, you know, it basically the, the tradition of you, you, you should have basically a rope tied, but you know, when you're in, in your defensive shape, not necessarily in your attacking shape, but it's basically like you have a magical rope tied all across the back line and, you know, they can't separate from one another. When someone passes, when a team passes at you that fast, that rope is gone. I mean, it is, you, there's nothing you can do. And I think, you know, that that's where the Galaxy were so engaging in this game against Montreal is the ball movement was probably the best I've seen all year where, you know, Mark Delgado picks up his head, Sasha Kleshton, whoever it was that was involved in the play, Efron Alvarez I thought was good in this game too. Um, they just moved the ball so efficiently, you know, and, and I think we've talked a lot about the Galaxy this year, you know, and I, I think on the last episode, I talked about a lot about horizontally versus verticality uh, in terms of how you attack teams. And against Montreal, they were so vertical. And you just saw how destructive that can be towards a team where if you can just get that verticality, get into space, get guys running at midfielders, then how do you defend against that? Well, you saw it on that fourth goal. Montreal just basically threw up their hands and said, okay, cool. You guys are going to score this. We, there's nothing we can do. I think that's what the Galaxy need to be this year. They need to play two up top. They need to be more vertical. And we saw that. I think in the games where they've struggled this year, they've been more horizontal. They've try to use the ball to pull teams apart horizontally and then find that one moment. They didn't even bother with horizontal, you know, acting horizontal. They just went vertical and it worked so well. And, you know, F Raheem Edwards in, I believe it was the, the, the second goal or the first goal, excuse me, that Chicharito scores. You just see him pick up his head and just go. And it's like, like they needed more, they needed more of that this season. And I, I, you know, I wish they had that against Sacramento because Sacramento would have lost to your point about negativity. I, I don't disagree with it. You know, I think we were in a moment before this game where, you know, they, they turned in a three in, in different performances, including probably one of the more embarrassing galaxy losses I've seen in a long time. So they needed something, especially in a week where, you know, El Trafico takes all the gravity in the room. They needed to be in that moment and they got there. And I think that's what matters the most here. Yeah. When you said about Ryan, wow, talk about him coming alive, right? Like when he got his start with this team, that's what we had seen. And then lately I just felt like he's been quiet. I mean, you know, you have a few guys that are seem to be playing out of their regular position. And then, you know, for us to have the demands of them to 
get comfortable quick to be able to, you know, score goals and produce and everything. Um, it was really great to finally see, I think it was Ryan's second goal. That was just a team play start to finish. I mean, you just watch finally all these really great passes. These guys are figuring it out and, and they're clicking and they're communicating. And, you know, this was, I mean, the next best game to that uh, U.S. Open Cup match against um, LAFC for real. Um, you know, Ryan got the brace and I really feel like he was going for a hat trick. Um, you know, I think this past match, you could really see the depth and use, uh, youth, excuse me, youth of this team. Yeah. I mean, the Madagascar Maradona strikes twice, right. You know, um, I think, yeah, definitely. And, and they looked energized. And I think I, I kind of hypothesized this, that maybe, you know, when we, when they, played last week I said you know maybe not having the California Classico happen when it you know when it was supposed to was actually really bad for this team and and and, and what I saw tonight was what I expected from them last time out you know which is this sense of you know okay everyone's fighting for one another and maybe it's El Trafico week and you know it's also July 4th you know that's a game that in Galaxy kind of lore is always a really big game for the Galaxy regardless of who they play you know maybe they're up for that maybe there's all these intangible things that can explain this performance but the reality of it is simple Greg Vanny did what has been screaming at him in the face. He played two up top. He allowed the team to sit back a little bit more, use moments of transition to their advantage and be successful there. And I think that, you know, I, 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 I hope this is a data point in a greater trend of this happening. And, and I know you look at Greg Vanny's Toronto teams and you, you talk about how expansive and possession oriented they were and how they you know, would put together these like 26, you know, passing street goals. And it was, you know, it was champagne football and all of this. He, he doesn't have the talent pool for that here, though. He has, he has a, not to say that this, this group isn't talented. That's not my, my intention at all. More, they're talented at different things, which is, think about Chicharito's career. What has he always been? Well, he's always been a poacher. He's never, he's not, you know, I don't know, Giovinco or, you know, Pozuelo or whoever you want to plug in there. They're very different types of players. And I think on that first goal, that is Chicharito's dream goal, right? Which is, he's on the back post. He's floated. A defender doesn't realize he's behind him. Boom, it's in the back of the net. Everything they've been doing, everything they did against Montreal, at least, was about optimizing the players that he has in their best positions. And I think that's going to be the thing moving forward is how does he continue to do that? Now, I understand, you know, maybe against Montreal, a team that really likes to have possession, you could be a little bit more, I don't want to say passive, but you could be a little bit more willing to concede possession, use moments of transition. And against certain teams, Maybe you're not going to have that. Maybe you have to have an option to be a little bit more comfortable with the ball at your feet. But, you know, again, they were so irresistible every single time they got the ball and started going downhill. And I think that's, that's, that's data points there that make me think, you know, maybe the Galaxy is a little bit of a better team than we thought. Yeah. And, you know, just as you're, you're saying that, that they're a better team than we thought, it, it really... The problem that, and I know that we should move on and let go and shake off, you know, bad games, right? Like that's, that's part of it. That's part of MLS. Like, I mean, you know, if you, if anybody here has tried to predict any of these games and played balls and beers, like it is very MLS-y <laughs> results that, that we've had. I mean, you know, when you're watching, I mean, when Montreal beats Seattle or when, I mean, Austin's doing, doing pretty good. And, you know, you're just watching the West and you're seeing like last minute, like LAFC loses to Vancouver. Anything can happen in, in any of these matches. And, 
you know, just to bring it back to the galaxy, um, you know, Jovalich got the start, um, but he was actually pretty quiet in this game. And um, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I think that this was a chance for, for other players to get a chance and, and for other players to step it up. I feel good about Jovalich being there. Um, I agree with you, like asking Chicharito, I mean, I look, he's been pretty healthy, but, you know, I've talked to some fans that that have, are, are concerned about how, how much Chicharito is playing and, you know, as long as he stays healthy and everything. Well, as long as you're not putting all this pressure on him to, you know, I watched Chicharito out there. We all do hustling. And like I said, playing out of position. And, you know, once you get these guys in the midfield, and the defense doing doing their jobs that takes that pressure off Chicharito and then these these players can can be who they are like you're saying as far as talent yeah this is a very talented team they're talented individually but what I've really seen this match is that yeah they came together as a team and you can see how everybody works and so when you know back to you know the western conference standings you know, the Galaxy finally made it uh, into fourth place, but, you know, everybody's divided by three points. Like anything can happen where suddenly we can be in 12th place if we if we screw up a rivalry week. So, you know, there's still a lot of pressure. I think it's so, a big ask of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I want to quickly interject here just on a couple of points. Um, one, I think, you know, in a two-striker system, in one striker is going to be quiet in a game. It, it just, that's the way that it kind of works out. One's doing all the, all the dirty work. One's doing the goal scoring in this game. Jovlich was counted on to do the dirty work. And then Chicharito was tasked to do what he does best, which is float into spaces in the box and then, you know, find the easy finish. And, and I think what's so fascinating about Chicharito and why I find him incredibly compelling is that he makes the, 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 you always wonder how he gets into these positions to make these like finishes where he's just tapping it in from like two yards out. Right. Like you wonder this and it's like, how did this, how do you not? And it's, how do you not read his run? But it's, it's been his greatest skill of his career is the fact that he's almost invisible for most of the game until he's, you know, run on the doorstep, taps it in, heads it in, what, however, you know, he finishes it in. I think that's the big task here. And, and Chicharito started the season pretty hot. Uh, I thought, you know, he was probably, he was on track for about 25 this year. I don't, think necessarily that's the case anymore um but all good strikers run hot and cold i mean that is the reality of the position um but i think with with jovalich on the field it creates a certain gravity that i think chicharito really thrives in and i think the the process moving forward for vanny is how does he achieve what his goals are which is you know he wants this team to be defensively solid he wants them to 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 you know use the ball you know get wide on the wings and 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 kind of these outside in runs from Grenzer and when Cabral comes back from Cabral and, and, you know, that's all well and good, but he needs to figure out a way to maximize his best player, which is Chicharito. And so I think what we saw against Montreal was him putting Chicharito in a position to succeed. And I, and I feel that, um, you know, maybe at times Vanny has stylistically been a little too dogmatic. And I think him playing the way that he did against Montreal and it succeeding, I hope, was a little bit of a message to him that said, hey, you know, you, you can change the formation around a little bit. You know, you, you, you can try some new things and, and, and it can work. Um, will it work every time? Well, no, obviously not. That's that's just the reality of our sport. But I think the the ease with which they could pull Montreal apart in the attack, I think, indicates to me that, again, I, again, I go to this concept of horizontal versus vertical. You know, if they can get running downhill, if they can get vertical, if they can 
you know, use Mark Delgado kind of as a shuttling eight to push into the midfield. If they can find a foil for him at a number 10 role, uh, you know, obviously we've, we, we've discussed on this podcast about Sasha and Victor and their limitations based off their age. But if they can get someone that can then, you know, uh, connect from that, that, that shuttling out of the back line to take advantage of moments of, of transition, I, you know, Chicharito is going to be unstoppable because that's what Chicharito does so well is moments of transition. And so I think that's, that's kind of the big thing here, which is how do you maximize creating moments of transition? And then that's not an easy thing to do. It's what teams around the world struggle with, you know, regardless of league. I mean, you talk about in this league alone, Matias Almeida and his man marking system, which was successful in its first six months until everyone figured it out, you know? So then you have, you know, energy drink ball, Red Bull ball, which is, just creating every mode of chaos possible and then trying to leverage those. I think Vinny's going to want a little bit more control over the game state, but if he can figure out a way to exert that control and then leverage moments of transition, the galaxy are going to be lethal. And I really do hope so because they've got uh, two big rivalry matches coming up. Uh, we already play again tomorrow. Um, you know, when you said about formation, that really made me think about how important it is to adapt to your opponent. Now, we know that the Galaxy get up for El Trafico matches, but playing at the bank definitely is going to be a challenge. I'm not totally sure, um, you know, which players LAFC will have available, but I'm just hoping that Kailini and Bale have too much fun in L.A. and are kind of tired to play. <laughs> Well, but but don't we have the blueprint on how to beat LAFC? Because we've done it twice. We've done the same thing twice, which is, you know, maybe it changed a little bit in the Open Cup game because, you know, in knockout soccer, the game states are a little different, but the stakes are a little higher. Exerting control in game states is the, the most valuable thing you can do. But in the league match, I mean, kind of the blueprint's there, which is, and, and Vancouver kind of did this too, which is you let LAFC have possession, but you just can them into their own half or barely getting a, uh, around the halfway line. And then you make chaos for them. And then you just immediately hit moments of transition. And it, it, honestly, if I'm Vanny, I look at what he did against Montreal and be like, all right, let's do it again. Cause that's going to work against LAFC. Now I will say, I think they've been a little bit better LAFC and at least the times I've seen them about running the channels a little bit stronger. Um, they're a little bit more defensively solid out wide. I thought, you know, when I, I saw them against Colorado, you know, who have struggled this year, uh, what Colorado did so effectively against them was basically get them wide and then get them one-on-one -on -one situations, which is why I think maybe Vanny thinks Cabral is going to be useful in this game um, because, you know, Cabral's speed and his ability one-on-one -on -one gives a, a different dimension. I will bet my house on Grants here starting in this game. You know, so I think, but, but again, it's this question of can they leverage these moments of transition, which LAFC is more than happy to give you. That midfield is not as strong as I think. And I think it would be interesting if Keeling and Bale both play, my sense that I get is I don't think either of them will be available for this game. Uh, you know, Keeling is coming off a pretty long season. I think there's been some injury concern with Gareth Bale. Stop me if you've heard this before. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and also it's going to take time for them to bet in, for them to get used to the system. And, and I, I know it, if I was LAFC, if I was Steve Terundolo, I think of how important this game is in our calendar, in, in the calendar. And, I don't know if I take the risk of starting both of them. If both of them are good to go, I personally would say out of the two of them, it's probably more likely that Keelini starts rather than Bale. Um, I think there's been some conversation probably behind the scenes that we haven't seen 
that Bale's not going to play as much as, you know, he, he's not, he's not there to play every week. He's there to, you know, play a couple of games. But again, we know Gareth Bale's focus is the World Cup. Uh, he's not been shy about that. Um, and, and when he was being shopped to clubs, he basically said, look, you know, you're working off of my schedule because I have to play for Wales in November, December. Um, well, rightly or wrongly, I, that's, that's a different conversation for a different day. But, you know, again, it's about moments of transition against LAFC. And I think what we saw against Montreal, if they can repeat that and, you know, just basically bottle it up, you know, shoot it in the veins, you know, five minutes before kickoff and go and do it. They're going to have a lot of opportunities. I think Montreal, at least from what I've seen, is a little bit of a better team than LAFC. They're not as consistent. And I also think LAFC is prone to these matches where either the occasion gets to them or they take their foot off the gas inexplicably. And I, I point to the game that I saw them in Colorado where you know, they really had no reason to take their foot off the gas. I mean, a Colorado team that was kind of reeling from a couple of bad games, LAFC was just destroying everyone around them and they just looked pedestrian at times. And I think if, if the Galaxy can make them look pedestrian, LAFC kind of gets on themselves in games. Uh, they get, you know, they get down on themselves. They, they get distracted. They, they're able to be baited into moments of stupidity. Then the Galaxy can feast on that. And I think what we saw against Montreal, which makes me encouraged for tomorrow, is the Galaxy were ruthless in front of goal. I mean, they did not let an opportunity go, and they kept going. They kept trying to take shots, kept trying, you know, the, the typical uh, Michelle judgment of, of the game, you know, taking shots. Um, you know, they kept taking shots. They kept, you know, forcing, forcing, the, uh, forcing the issue. And I think if you can do it against LAFC, then you can be successful. If you force the issue against LAFC, LAFC struggles with this. They struggle with this concept. And you don't have to have possession. You know, you don't have to have 80% possession to force the issue. It's a question of forcing the issue in transition, which is what the Galaxy did incredibly well against Montreal, while also being defensively smart. And I think that's the key to this game tomorrow. I mean, it was, I have to say, for you to say that Montreal was a better team than LAFC, who is still sitting in first place, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but I hear what you're saying. Um, honestly, Vela, to me, every time I see him on the pitch for LFC, he actually makes them play worse. Um, you know, if, I mean, I think that, you know, they definitely have their issues. And I, I know that, like you said, LA Galaxy have their, their blueprint. They have their numbers. So I truly do think if, if the team can keep it together and punish LFC, um, get, you know, on their their mental mindset, then I totally think that the galaxy can go in to the bank and, and steal a win. Um, is mental, you know, is mental mindset, the new stylistic style. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> oh, the turntables. Uh, <laughs> we're still at the same table. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm at a different table than what I normally record at. So because uh, what, I'm, what I meant by that, just to say, in case anybody didn't understand what I was getting at, LAFC have, mind fuck themselves against us they really have um they they do every time i mean that's across town like that's all they care about is beating us and and the la galaxy can easily go in there and disrupt them i think i think you make a very interesting point you know sorry sorry for the light ribbing but um you know that's okay you had said stylistic earlier and i wanted to fit it in for jamie but she isn't here so I think you make a very interesting point about mentality in this game. And I think you, I think you're right in saying that, you know, when the galaxy have overlooked this game in the sense that it doesn't break their season, you know, I think with, with 
LAFC, the reaction to the, the loss on, on the open cup was, was significant. I mean, the fans going silent for 12 minutes, you know, the banner, all we, what is it? All we, all we demand is your best or whatever the, that banner was. And I mean, I think there is a bogeyman here and, and Vela's kind of alluded to it in a couple of things. He refuses to say it out loud. And, and I thought when, you know, Bob, I, I, I thought the rivalry when Bob Bradley left and when Guillermo left was going to go down a couple of notches because it was a bunch of people that hadn't been around it, that hadn't been involved with it. They didn't really understand it, but it's still the same intensity. And it's this weird sense. And I think Steve Turundolo is falling into the Bob Bradley kind of, I hate them more than I, you know, care about winning other games. And, it, and it's weird because you think a guy that, you know, Steve Turundolo, always known for being really kind of level-headed, you know, his, his time at Hanover, um, you know, he was, he was always kind of known as this very calm, you know, laid back kind of guy, but he's just really feisty in the first two wheel traffickers. Like, I mean, he was, he was going after it. And so I think that's, that's interesting to, to like this, it's this interesting wrinkle in the rivalry, right? That, you know, one team, you know, the galaxy do care about this game. Let's, let's not pretend that they don't. Uh, he, they just, I, I, I think the galaxy look at this game and look at it as an opportunity to show their tenacity, show their ability. And I point to the first two all traffickers, right? That second half in the first one, especially. I mean, they were tenacious. That's the only word I could use. I mean, and, and I, I was very vocal about my praise for the team uh, in, 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 our, in our episode after that game where I said, you know, they were never going to lose that game. And it did feel again, like in the Open Cup game, maybe it was, it was a little bit of a different structure because it's every game is different. You know, that you're never going to have the same 90 minutes uh, unless you're rewatching a video. Um, they just had that tenacity and that ferocity. And I think LAFC wilts under that a little bit. And, you know, you see with Vela, I mean, Vela's been really quiet this year in terms of his, his production. And maybe the, the contract issue was, was hanging over his head and it, it affected the way that he played. And, you know, I obviously would be a little bit affected too because there was discussion that, you know, his wife wanted to return to Spain, you know, th- that those conversations happen and, and they affect you as a person. Remember, we're dealing with human beings. We're not dealing with robots. I mean, Chicharito was very vocal about his mental health problems a couple of years back. Um, but I think that tenacity, that, that ferocity, the Galaxy are very careful to not let it boil over into red cards, stupid fouls, you know, all the milieu of what you expect in a rivalry game. I am intrigued by this game because of what popped off after the final whistle at the Open Cup game. Because, I mean, there were blows thrown pretty much. They, these two teams do not like each other. It, it has boiled over in a lot of times in this rivalry in the sense that it's just, they've been goal fests. I mean, I, I remember the, the playoff game where we lost, what was it, 5-3. Um, I think maybe it could, this could be the rivalry where it boils over in an incident we talk about for a very long time in terms of a foul or a challenge or something like that. That's my fear. Um, if, if, if a team is going to deliver it, it's going to be LAFC. Uh, but I just think if the Galaxy can keep their heads level, then they've got this thing in the bag. Like I, I just, I haven't seen a lot from LAFC that makes me think the current run of form is sustainable. I think defensively they do take too many risks. I think if the Galaxy can get on the wings and, and get uh, chalk to, you know, the proverbial chalk to boots, they're going to have a lot of opportunities. Dayon loves this rivalry and scoring in it. I think he scored in, in everyone he's played in. Um, I, I just think they need to, they need to make sure that they stay, they, that, that the heat of the game affects LAFC and motivates them, but doesn't push them over the edge. 
And this is the Galaxy's chance to, to gain another three points. And then, of course, um, ahead of San Jose, I'm not as worried about San Jose. We'll definitely record, obviously, um, its own preview. But I just wanted to touch on uh, San Jose actually did get a win re- uh, just this past match. And so, you know, they're definitely celebrating that. Um, but before that, they weren't doing very well, but neither were we. So, you know, I think regardless of, you know, that this is an El Trafico, I think that it would it's definitely the boost that the Galaxy need. Um, if they can win these next two matches, I mean, my, my optimism really will, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so, no reason that we wouldn't be cup contenders, right? In, ter- in terms of the way that I, I data plot the season, the games that I always take out of my, all right, this is what the Galaxy are kind of, you know, data plots is both LAFC games because those games are, are just such cauldrons of weird, I mean, I don't remember those. Yeah, those, they are standalone in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, and, and and I think that's true. You know, for example, you know, if you're like a Barcelona fan, you take away the two Real Madrid games out of your kind of your review of the season because you just know the stakes are different, the situation's different, and I'm, and I'm definitely not comparing El Tráfico to El Clásico. I mean, those are two very very different rivalries in a lot of respects. I just think they again they have a a set of games coming up and and i know corner of the galaxy talked about this a little bit about how you know how many games are coming up and how the galaxy are going to have to navigate and you know where do they triage and where do they you know how does this all flow this game is critical it's important and i want to win in the bank more than anything in the world if they lose this though it's not the end of the world because they play a colorado team that has won like three times in the past 15 games um, so they will have their opportunities. Now, going to Colorado is difficult. I'll be at that game. Altitude, heat, it's a tough place to play. But Colorado has been, just, I mean, it's, it's been bad. Um, and then they play a San Jose team that I don't really know what to make a lot out of. You know, they're a team that is, you know, basically after Matias Almeida, they've kind of been like, well, what exactly are we? We don't really have an identity. And so I think that's going to be a really interesting kind of factor in terms of how the Galaxy approach that. I think if they can get through these three games with, I'd say maybe four, four to six points. I'm feeling pretty good about the rest of the season. It gives them a base to, to go off of. They remember they collapsed in this period last year. They like won once in nine games. They're not there right now. And so I think the, this, this, this run of nine games for being as innocuous as they look is a very big test for the galaxy. And one that if they pass it, I, I, I feel a lot better about, how things are going to go moving forward um, in terms of, you know, how they, uh, how, how, how the season's going to shape out. Excuse me. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the schedule here. So that's, I was, I was typing as I, as I, um, as I was talking, I apologize. I, I did conflate the, uh, the, the Colorado and the, and the San Jose games, but you know, San Jose coming off a couple of bad results, that's going to be a game where the galaxy are going to be at home. The energy is going to be there. And then again, they go to Colorado, which is kind of this very nice, like, all right, we can breathe, you know, like, all right, we've got a shot. Um, and so I think if they can get through these next three games with, I'd say six points, um, I feel really good about the rest of the year. Yeah, I completely agree. So actually Jamie is watching the U S women's national team. Um, if you can tune in, they are in the CONCACAF, uh, champions, um, you know, so they're playing Jamaica right now and U.S. women are up to uh, thanks to Sophie Smith. So that is coming at you live right now. Um, and 
And of course, uh, Eleazar House, we are finishing up getting the issue three published. So thank you for everybody who's liked, shared, supported, subscribed. Um, if you haven't got on yet, uh, get to eleazarhouse.com and play balls and beers for the prediction game. Sign up for when you can get notified that issue three is officially published and, and we'll definitely have physical copies for you um, this month. The, the cover of issue three is re I, it's really cool. You got, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm excited to, to see everyone's reaction and to, to see the articles. Um, even as a writer in it, it's always really fun to read every, what I, whatever else was kind of doing. Cause we all kind of, we all kind of write in our little bubbles and then it's kind of when the issue comes together, we're like, Oh, Hey, you wrote about that. So uh, it's always really cool. So definitely sign up, get your copy. It's awesome. And it helps support us, which we really appreciate. So, um, and always remember, please tell your friends about us and like, and subscribe on, on whatever fine podcast service you, you listen to us on. It really, it really helps us find more awesome people like you. Thank you so much and stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>